sometimes you just have to have sex at a laser tron. Okay. Um, and <laughs> I guess if that's what you want to do. Sometimes you just got to have sex playing laser tag. Like you're playing it and you're just like, you know what? I just, I just need to like at like the sports emporium or any place that offers laser tag around other people. Potentially. Okay. <laughs> Um, flinging around your little laser beam. Huh? <laughs> laser beam. <laughs> I bet you're wondering where I'm going with this. Well, so I won't say what band I was in because it would be incriminating if I told you. Well, I could narrow it down to about two. <laughs> yep, there's about two. <laughs> but you don't know what what man did this. Um, we were playing a show. And I, again, I won't say where because it'll tell what band it was. And probably California or Pennsylvania. <laughs> one of those two. <laughs> And, um, so there was a girl in the mix and, uh, the one guy we were playing. Was a she sh- in stereo or mono? She was oh, that's good. In the mix. <laughs> that is only musicians are going to get that joke. And, uh, the one member of my band and this girl, we were playing at a place that was attached to like an arcade slash laser tag. And they thought it'd be a brilliant idea to sneak into the laser tag whenever no one was in there and have sex. What they didn't take into account is a lot of those places have cameras in them just to monitor, you know, the kids who are playing was his name, Robert Kraft, Robert Kraft. (laughs) Dang it. He was in my band. You got me. Um, and so, and this is after hours, like, you know, the laser tag, I, I don't even think was open right now because there was a show happening, but they still snuck back in there and were doing their thing. And we get a call and the owner of the venue has a live feed from the cameras going to his house. And so the owner saw them having sex. Creepy. And so the, yeah, right. And, um, and so he was like, you have to stop what you're doing, pack up your stuff and leave. Otherwise I'm calling the police. Did he get there when they were still doing it? And he was like, stop now. (laughs) You don't understand. (laughs) (laughs) No, he called from his house and he was like, by the time that I get there, you better be gone. Otherwise I'm calling the police. And, um, at the time we were really bummed because we were like, Oh man, you know, there's people that want us to sign autographs and there's people that want us to mingle. And like, you know, we promised fans we would talk with them after the well, show. That narrows it down a little bit. W- what? The fact that people wanted autographs. Oh yeah. Oh <laughs> shoot. Well, people, people could have wanted autographs in the late nights there. And, um, either way, at the time we were kind of like pissed, but then after a while we were like, you know what? We're not like mad at you. As people, we're just upset at the whole situation. Like it was just, uh, it just you know, it was just stupid. But we weren't mad at them. I'd have been pissed at them. I wasn't pissed at them. Fuckers. <laughs> hey man, sometimes you just gotta. <laughs> sometimes nature calls, man. But um, I guess what I'm getting at is a lot of times in life we get mad at what we think is at the person, but at the very, very heart of it, we aren't really mad at the person. We're mad at the situation, right? Like just how the situation played out. That is what upset us, not. The person's like heart. <laughs> and I think a lot of times we just need someone to direct our anger and frustration at, and the person may feel like we're like, we hate them. And I think that's not the case a lot of times. Yeah. Wow. So many different, um, <laughs> mm, 
Yeah, where to begin on this one? I know. I mean, this can tie into everything. Yeah. Our past, families. I mean, A, if that was me, I'd have been pissed at them for doing that. Like, what the hell were you thinking doing that? You could have done it anywhere. Well, I mean, dude, they were doing it, like, in the van, and they were doing it, like, everywhere. <laughs> I mean, dude, if I, had a, if I had a girl with me out on the road, I would be trying to find, like, I don't know. Yeah, you wouldn't. Kinda, you wouldn't. Why is the, no. Um, but why does that guy have the live stream of the laser tag place getting sent to his oh, house? I know. I know. And if and it kids was, play that, and it was it was closed, right? So like it wasn't open. They snuck in. Yeah. So yeah, like pretty much. So they, so there was no games going on, but he was still watching the live stream. Or maybe it triggered something that was an alarm trigger. It could have done that, or I think what I imagine motion, is motion sensor. Or something either like that, that, or what I imagine is he has a TV that has camera feed from the venue where we were playing, like the lobby, um, the arcade, and like it's probably just like Dude, a constant twenty four hour feed. He already had it out for you guys. He was on high alert. These punks coming in here, probably, and he was just watching, waiting for something. Yep, and then this guy took the bait. Yeah, but he basically was, had time to rub one out himself, and then he called in and said, uh, "By the himself. way, <laughs> yeah, anyway, I caught you." Yeah, after after he was done, but, but yeah, it was just dude that was funny. But I have tons of stories like yeah. that where, I mean, I, I don't want to keep talking. I mean, well, this manifests itself, especially on social media. Mm-hmm. Oh, when, oh, dude, when you engage in a in a debate with somebody even if it's somebody you know but more often than not it's somebody you don't know and you're talking about something and maybe it's controversial and they are taking an opposing side that person is no longer a person Mm -hmm. and they become the thing that you're talking about Mm -hmm. the thing that you are against and you're talking more to the audience of those people than to that one person Mm -hmm. and you get more mad and frustrated at the thing you're talking about than actual person. And it takes that personhood away. And that's what social media does. It takes the human out of the conversation. Right. So, well, that's why they say a lot of times, if you would meet that person for a coffee in real life, chances are you'd find like some things that you have in common and you'd find common ground very quickly. But on the internet, they're just this name and this random picture. And, mm-hmm. and there's no, there's no human there. It's just a person and it mm-hmm. allows you to get it out. This happens a lot. Might as well talk about it. It happens a lot in parenting. Mm-hmm. Uh, whenever, where my brain goes, like every decision that your your child makes, they they're only in that moment. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't have. I don't know. I wish I had more of a, a if we had like a childhood psychologist to talk about this stuff. Like they, we forget is how as smart as kids are. We forget that they're learning. They're mm-hmm. learning patterns. They're learning behaviors. They're no different than an animal. You know, I, t- I don't know if I talked about this before when we got our dog, our border collie. And, uh, when we first got him, he would bark at some people when they would come in the house, mm-hmm. you know, so, you know, I would always then have treats. And then when he would bark, I would give him a treat. Oh, yeah. To, to get him to stop barking. And then he kept doing it. But he kept stopping after, and I learned pretty quickly that, oh my gosh, I'm training him to bark. I'm <laughs> rewarding him when he barks at somebody. Mm-hmm. So you've got to flip that, reward him before he barks. You know, so like someone comes in, he doesn't bark, give him a treat. Mm-hmm. So he begins to associate, oh, people come, don't bark, get treat. Instead of people come, bark, get treat. Mm-hmm. 
and he forms the pattern. Mm-hmm. It's like a little computer, it's little algorithms in his brain learning. Kids aren't any different. Like kids understand the world. They see things. They see patterns. They see, oh, I did this. Mom, dad reacted this way. I got in trouble. I felt bad. And they begin to associate and learn all of that stuff, mm-hmm. right? We forget as parents, we've got to teach that. And so when they do something that they're not supposed to do, instead of getting mad and yelling, you have to teach. Mm-hmm. And it's so counter to what we've been taught because most often all of our parents yelled at us when we did something bad. And we <laughs> think that's the way it's supposed to happen. And that's bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that's what, that's what breeds toxic masculinity and toxic femininity. Mm-hmm. You know, there is no gender to that. No. Um, you know, and that's just what, where we think, oh, do bad thing must get the person in trouble. Right. Instead of teaching them, here's why it's bad. Here's why that's a bad decision. And this manifested itself in, in our house the other night when we're having like not issues with us, but like he's taught himself to do everything. Mm-hmm. Incredibly intelligent kid taught himself to read when he was like four, you know, even younger than four, he was putting words together. Wow. And he's just like understanding how words work and how language works. And he's reading like, like, I mean, he's seven and he's finished all the Harry Potter books. So like, crazy because he just loves to read. He loves the story. Um, I can't even get through one of them. You know? <laughs> they're so just so long. They're so big, you know, and it helps my wife likes them too. But anyway, so he's taught himself how to read. And then he's like, I can write. And he taught himself how to write. Like he's a genius whiz at spelling, but his handwriting leaves a lot to be desired hmm. because he taught himself. Mm-hmm. He doesn't, he doesn't know all the ins and outs and all the rules of handwriting. So we've got to then teach him and we're having a hard time teaching him mm-hmm. because he, I don't think he knows how to learn mm-hmm. because he never had to. He always figured it out on his own. Right. So now it's, it's like a new muscle. Yeah. It's an absolute new muscle. So then when we, I know this is getting to be a longer story, but when we approach situations where we need to teach him, it's, it's hard to remember that, Oh wait, there are some things he just doesn't know. He doesn't get it. Like trust, mm-hmm. you know, when, you know, he's, you know, and not reacting to the confession, mm. But responding in a way that's like, okay, well, why did you make that decision? And you understand that like, you know, so he'd been telling us he's been getting ice cream every Wednesday at school, mm. right? I don't want him eating ice cream at school. Um, I just realized we're going to have a nice mower probably oh, going by. <laughs> anyway, it adds to the, the summer. Moon. Adds to the, yes. Yeah. So, you know, listen, and I'm like, I don't necessarily care about the ice cream because I know we don't want our kids eating that shit food. Okay. So, and the fact they sell it at school, don't even get me started on that. <laughs> um, but when he, he tells us, okay, it's not about the ice cream, but it's about using our money on something that we don't want you to have. Mm-hmm. That's the issue. That's the problem, you know? So like to teach him that it's not about, I can't have this, but like, no, this is mommy and daddy's money. Hmm. And I didn't ask for permission to do this and it's their money. And out of respect for them, I'm not going to spend their money on this thing that they don't want me to have. What, did he just come out and tell you that straight up or did you have to like, get it out? No, of he comes home with it all over his face. Like the oh. kid just doesn't know how to hide things. So I'm trying oh. to also teach him how to tell better lies too, <laughs> which I know. Why would I do that? But I'm like, listen, mm. buddy. Okay. <laughs> mm. And we have ways too. We can track his account at school and oh. what he's buying. Um, but I've never done that. Hmm. Right. So apparently he's been doing this like every Wednesday and then he's been, you know, another rant is kids vitamins. Mm. Why do they have to make them taste good? Mm. Because then so kids will eat them. Mm. Well, like, no, kids should just eat them anyway. Mm. You know, make them palatable, but don't make them like candy. You know, so 
kids like them. Like they like they don't like them because they're eating shit foods all the time. Mm. You know that why would they like a vitamin if they're eating candy? Mm. Right. So anyway, so now he's enjoying this these vitamins. So he's taking these extra vitamins. Mm. You know. So then it's like just it's not like I know you like them, mm. but th- again, this we pay for these. Mm. This is our money, right? Try do you how do you teach him? Like because there's there's him. I'm not mad at you, Josiah, but there's a situation that's happening here well, that we've got to confront. Well, I think so. I think the issue is whenever you tell a kid about money, chances are they have no concept no of money. Concept. And right. so for him, he's like, what do you mean? Like money just appears and we just have like, cause to kids, I remember growing up and you just thought what you had is what you have. And it just kind of, you know, yeah, mom and dad leave, but they come back, but you go on vacation. Like you just think you don't have a concept of you have to grind for money. Mm-hmm. How and, much stuff costs. Right. You have no concept from. of that. And so, yeah, it's going to be hard to get that lesson into someone that young, yeah. but I'll go ahead. So, so yeah. So the other night, like this, it's been a very, I'm not going to lie. It's been a very stressful week last mm-hmm. week um, for various reasons. But, you know, he said to me the one night, he's like, dad, are you, should you go get my vitamins for me? I was like, no, buddy. I listen, I trust you. You know, I trust you to do it. Despite all of the times that he has, I was like, no, buddy, I trust you. Mm. And then and my daughter comes over, a little narc. She's like, dad, I saw Josiah put extra vitamins in his pocket. And I <laughs> called him down and he fessed up to it. Mm. He emptied it out and he tried to tell little lie, like I was, um, saving it for tomorrow. And I'm like, no, you weren't. And it, and then my mind takes it off. My mind goes off the person and I'm stressful weak for various reasons. And I like, my lid flipped. Mm. I'm like, just, I trusted you. I, I looked at him, I said to teach him what trust was. And I law, I law, I mean, I probably didn't respond. And, <laughs> you know, we talked, you know, we, so, uh, you know, I yelled and, you know, and at the end of the night, it actually turned out pretty good. You know, I apologized for overreacting. I tried to explain like what all was going on in my mind. Like, like I'm worried, like, how does he not understand trust? I want to be able to trust my kid. It's not about the, rules and have this have that we trust me we take real good care of our kids when it mm-hmm. comes to stuff and things and and food and everything um so why does he keep doing these things my daughter who's five has no problems with any of that she's mm-hmm. like the super most honest trustworthy person in the world mm-hmm. and then we have the opposite there <laughs> so it's just it's trying to figure out like why why are you doing this mm-hmm. what do you what narrative are you creating in your mind and you know i told him i i made a mistake i responded bad I shouldn't have responded that way. You know, I mean, dude, I mean, I don't want to get too deep into this because this is going to completely change the topic. But we'll, we'll pull it back together. Yeah. But the thing is, I, I think both of your kids are really intelligent, but I think Josiah is almost like, it's almost like a computer being sentient. It like knows <laughs> it's like the matrix, mm-hmm. like it knows it's in the matrix. And I almost think that whenever you're so intelligent, you, you see things from the outside looking in. And he knows like there are boundaries and you know, like, okay, dad and mom said, don't go past this boundary and this boundary. But you always are like, I mean, dude, like you're intelligent. Like I probably, if I had to imagine you as a kid, you probably were a lot like Josiah in a way. Probably. <laughs> you know what I mean? Th- th- just not being malicious or mean, but just, just pushing the boundary a little bit just mm-hmm. to see how far you could. And those I'm are sure the people- my mom can verify. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> like it make, I think intelligent kids, they have this, this issue and I don't think this is a character flaw. I no, don't, I don't, not at all. Oh no, but I'm just saying, like, it, I think that has something to do with it, the fact that he is so intelligent. 
So, but it, um, yeah, it's a different way. And, and I'm sure my mom, if she's listening, she's probably like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> finally, <laughs> yeah, right. he now gets it. <laughs> the revenge. Yeah, the revenge. <laughs> Long awaited. Yeah, but anyways, but we talked about it and we finally got, I said, buddy, let's just do a reset. I made a mistake. You made a mistake. We can learn from this. I know it can't go back, but, and he like looked at me. He's like, dad, all this tension, like it started with vitamins. I was like, you're right, buddy, but it's not just about the vitamins. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm like, I see long term mm-hmm. how this is playing out. And it's scary to me. Mm-hmm. It's scary to me because when you're in trouble, like when you make a decision, when you make a mistake, I want you to be able to come to me mm-hmm. and I can help you. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to be afraid. And that's where I need to make sure as a dad, I learn that like, listen, when that shit happens, be cool. Yeah, make it a place that he wants to come to. Be cool, you know, where he can confess. And he is getting better at just, I did it, and knowing like, hey, not you're not in trouble, but there are consequences. So mm. all this culminating to a point on Friday, they were going to have an ice cream day mm. you know, and watch a movie. And I gave him an option. Mm. I said, listen, buddy, I'm not going to tell you what to do or not do because you need to be able to make decisions for yourself, even though I don't want you to eat that awful ice cream because that's what it is. It's disgusting. It's junk food. It's sugar. It's a drug. We make our own at home, which is better in mm-hmm. my opinion because it's healthier, better ingredients. And I said, you can, you can either have ice cream at school Friday, but we're going to make ice cream tonight and watch the flight of the navigator, which is a great movie. Mm. Um, and, uh, we're going to do that. And if you, you decide, but if you eat some at school, you're not going to get any at home. Mm. So he said, okay. Well, he, he ate some at school. He told mm. us. No big deal. Great. Good. Mm. Um, but then he was pissed because he didn't get any ice cream mm. tonight. Right. And he had to live in that. Mm-hmm. And we stuck true. I said, buddy, every time he got upset, I'm like, listen, but I'm sorry. But he's like, this isn't fair. I'm like, well, what's not fair that we both got ice cream today? <laughs> but I wanted mommy's ice cream. Okay. Well, that was your decision. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so he was, uh, I think that, I think that worked. You know, I think to make him realize, like, okay, I can only have one treat today. Which one do I want? And he thinks he picked the wrong one, which I told him, nobody, it's your decision. There isn't a right or wrong here. Mm-hmm. But in the fu- in the future, you know, you're not a bad kid for your decision, but in the future, now you know mm-hmm. which one do I want better. Mm-hmm. And do I want to eat ice cream with my family that's better for me or this ice cream that is not good for me at all whatsoever. And mm-hmm. is no longer a treat because I get it like every day at school. Yeah. You know, so we're working through some of that stuff, but to tie it back in, it's, it's so many parents, I think, see the kid mm-hmm. and they see the bad behavior, but they don't see the situation. Yeah. They make the kid feel like shit. They make yeah. the kid feel awful instead of teaching the kid using the situation as a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And in the flip of said, you, you know, where you're talking about getting mad at the situation. Sometimes I get mad at the situation of all of the junk food that's available to young children to buy and eat. Mm-hmm. I get mad at the situation. Mm-hmm. And the kids sometimes think I'm mad at them. And I'm like, no, 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 guys. Uh, listen, I'm not mad at you. I'm frustrated that you're even faced with this decision right. at such a young age and have access to this crap food that's going to destroy your gut and destroy your brain, you know, in the future. And they just, they, they don't know any better. And I got to teach them. Yeah. So, yeah. So there was a time in my life that was long, but no, this is long podcast. Yeah. <laughs> There's a time in my life when I, 
was really, oh man, it was a couple years ago. I was very upset with a lot of situations that were happening and nothing seemed to be going my way. And I was around my, my family a lot. And I noticed myself getting very, very short with them. Like just almost being like just a, a complete jerk for no reason. Um, you know, they asked me a very simple question and I would just be just like a snap mm-hmm. response. And after I did it every time, I was like, Oh my God, like I'm, st- why was that my knee jerk reaction? Like they, they were just asking me a simple question, but I was just a complete dick to them. And then, and then I was too ashamed to go back out. So to you living. were a short dick. Yeah, I was a short dick. <laughs> and I was afraid to go out to the living room again and own up to it. So you just, mm. you just coil back in your room and then you're like, um, you're, I don't know if that's like a pride factor or what, but this lasted for a while. And I remember one time, I think it was my mom. She was like, I like snapped and she was like, am I doing something? That's like, like what, like, what am I doing? Like if I'm doing something that's upsetting you, like tell me. And I was just like, Oh my gosh. I was like, it's not you. I was like, I am so frustrated at my life and how everything is panning out. And like, I'm, I'm honestly so frustrated with myself that I'm taking it out on the people around me who don't deserve it. And it was like a huge wake up call. Like, okay, I need to figure out how to have better self-talk and how to treat myself better and treat myself like I have, like I'm worth something and I'm, I'm valuable because if I just keep treating myself like I'm like a piece of shit, then I'm just going to treat everybody else around me like a piece of shit. And thankfully, you know, I've been getting better at it and I'm conscious of it, but dude, it's so huge. Like chances are whenever we're snapping at people and we're snapping at these people or yeah, people around us, chances are you're pissed at yourself mm-hmm. and um, it's uncomfortable to face that, but ooh, it's an important lesson to learn. Mm-hmm. Can you relate to that at all? I was daydreaming. I was looking over at my mountain bike and that being the only bike I have left, I was thinking about where I could take it this afternoon to go riding around. Nice. Well, I'm glad that my story resonated with you. <laughs> <laughs> Next time you tell a story, no, I'm going to... You, you, you're right. Like when there's in this internal dialogue that we're having with ourselves and life just seems just so frustrating. Yeah, it's, it's hard to, mm-hmm. for people to see that, to understand that and then to be cordial with people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Wednesday, I was just burnt out all day. I think my, I, I did a little too much extroversion, you know, on Tuesday <laughs> yeah. and this week. I had, to, I had a lot to do this week and I had to be around people a lot. And I just, I, I there was no other option, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that I just, I'd had no time to just recharge, you know, to mm-hmm. just seek some, you know, place to be alone and, and be to myself to just to recharge. And it just got too much. And then every, every conversation, I didn't want to talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my daughter's, um, stepping up ceremony out of preschool into kindergarten, oh, wow. you know, was Wednesday. And I just was not feeling it at all to, to go to that or do anything. Cause there was stuff going wrong with my one job. And like, I'm like, no, I got to go. And all I did, I just sat in the back. Mm-hmm. I do, I literally, if I tried to talk to anybody, I'd have probably just like broke down crying because I oh, just wow. didn't feel like being around anybody. But I'm like, no, I got to go. And I don't think she saw me sitting back there, but I was sitting back there. Mm-hmm. And, um, well, like I got into an argument when it wasn't an argument. Okay. So I, I reached out to a friend a couple of weeks ago about an issue I've been struggling with and they thought they were being helpful, but they weren't. And I was so frustrated at their response that I pulled away for a while. 
And like a week went by, my friend was like, you know, what's going on? Like everything okay? And I was just, as I processed through that week of having some space, I was realizing that I wasn't frustrated at them. Like in the moment, they said something that frustrated me and it kind of made me recoil. But after I stepped away, I realized like, man, they didn't do anything. I'm not mm-hmm. upset at them. I'm, I'm, up, I'm upset at the stupid situation that's plaguing me. And I, and I'm, and they were the person that I'm, I'm taking out this, uh, frustration out on. And I had to talk to them and be like, listen, like, it wasn't you I was pulling away from. It was the situation I was trying to pull away from. And you just mm-hmm. happened to be lumped in yeah. with this and, situation. And you tri- you, what you said, yeah, it was them. They said something that wasn't helpful. Unintentionally, no doubt. Yeah. But I think in order to get better, even if you say something unintentionally and it ends up pissing you off even more, there needs to be room there. There needs to be room to say, no, I know you were trying to help. I'm not mad at you, but you can't get mad at me for getting up and walking away. Right. Because what you said really was not helpful in that moment. And I know it wasn't intentional, but I had to walk away before I came into a full blown argument. Yeah. For no reason. And and that's what happened. We, mm-hmm. I let him know. I was like, Hey, listen, you said something that was not helpful and that's why I shut down. And then, you know, they were like, Oh shoot. Like, sorry, I didn't realize it came across that way. Like, how can I be helpful? And then we actually had like a really productive conversation, mm-hmm. but I think, I think it's the job of, it was, it was my job where I should have been like, listen, I know I'm distant. It's not you. I just, I'm, I just like, I need to, I need to figure out a healthy way to sort this out because if I keep talking to you about it, you're going to get lumped in with this mess. And mm-hmm. I don't, you know what I mean? So like, but dude, what I'm realizing is like, it takes a lot of shit to get to that point in life. Like you and I combat, I mean, these are almost like therapy sessions we have every week. I mean, yeah. think about oh, it. For like, sure. yeah, we have some fun and there's like some jokes and funny stories, but like we've been doing this consistently since July and we each go to our respective therapists outside of this. It's like, dude, you and I, I'm not trying to toot our own horn here, but like we dig pretty deep. Mm-hmm. And it gives us a nice platform to even talk about other people without necessarily saying their names, yeah. knowing that they may or may not listen to this or not, but we just get to get it out and talk about it. That's what I mean. And then maybe they do listen to it and realize like they can, they can hear it without, with it being kind of anonymous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And like, oh, we're not like okay. calling them out per se. Right. I, I get that. And, uh, and they know like it's to understand our side without needing to respond right away. Mm-hmm. And I think that gets a lot of people in trouble when they are, when you're in that moment. Mm. I mean, emotions and feelings, it's, they're very complicated, mm-hmm. you know, and you, you got to have space for all of them. Right. You know, so no, no feeling or emotion is invalid. Yeah. Um, but it needs to be heard and validated and before you can talk about it and move past it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So So. true. So anyway, so we, we, we can, we can get into your ball story. It's not really a ball story. I was, that was like the teaser, you know, hear more about balls, but it has nothing to do with balls. (laughs) Um, so it's nothing to do for a couple of people know this. So every, every, uh, deer season, Right. I would <laughs> deer. <laughs> Stay tuned uh, for my story about every, balls. Every so deer, deer season. I would always get a, uh, well, it all started when I was like 18 or 19 years old. Mm-hmm. I was working for two guys construction named Jeff and Doug. And, um, I forget which one of it introduced me to Levi Garrett. 
Um, well, Levi Garrett is chewing tobacco. Okay. For those right? who don't know. So I tried chewing tobacco for the first time and I was like, mm, that's pretty good. Dude, you're crazy. Right? This stuff is like um, rat poison. It's not though. I actually recently did some looking into chewing tobacco and it's not as problematic as people make you think and they show people's teeth falling out. And it is <laughs> if you're otherwise unhealthy. And I'm not making any claims, but it's not as like if you chew tobacco for a short period of time, you're going to die of mouth cancer. Mm -hmm. Um, Poor diet is linked more towards cancer than probably that is. Okay. So anyway, that's beside the point. But everybody takes risks. Everybody does unhealthy things that that are bad for you. Yeah. I think that that Christianity pretty much... uh, destroyed oh don't let me forget maybe we'll do that for midweek thoughts but uh, pretty much get this like that smoking's a sin and tobacco's a sin and drinking's a sin so it almost makes it seem like it's worse than it really is even though yes it's bad for you but whatever okay so deer season every day ever deer season i'm like you know what i can't smoke a cigar because that smell deer will get scared and it'll occupy my hand and you know so i was like i'll just choose some levi garrett during deer season Mm -hmm. well this year i found that Chewing Levi Garrett reduces my anxiety hmm. big time to the point where like I got this little buzz off of chewing tobacco and it made me feel really good. Nice. Like, wow, this calms me down. Hmm. And I'm like, I'm in a dilemma right now. <laughs> Dang it. Because here I have this substance that, you know, arguably it's not that good for you. But neither is anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so I'm like, I'm like, okay, you know, so like going into work, I'm, I don't, I just, that whole introversion thing, I'm like every day going in and dealing with clients, sometimes difficult. So you're like, okay, Levi Garrett, do your thing, (laughs) you know, so, so it, and it, and it, and it worked really good for a while, right? Um, so it's been a habit like that's been hard to kick Mm -hmm. lately because anxiety's high and it, and it works. Right. And yeah, I get it. I'm seeing these results and I'm like, I, this sucks. Exchange one bag thing to get rid of for another. And anyway, so, so I'm, I'm doing this and I've, I've kind of like been like, you know, I don't know necessarily the health effects. I think that because it tastes sweet, it might be triggering. It may be an insulin response. So it might be affecting, you know, how I, how I eat and what I want for my body. But you know what? I hate anxiety. Yeah. I hate it so bad. And this helps. Great. And so far, the consequence has been negligible, right? So the other night, I had a big thing, and I was like, and I, ha- I made a confession to my group online of health coaches. I was like, guys, seriously, I've got this thing coming up. I'm incredibly nervous about it, and it's for health coaching. And I'm like, and here I am sitting in my truck half an hour early, chewing on, chewing tobacco to help my anxiety. <laughs> like, wow. never claim to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Never claim to do everything right, you know? Um, you got to pick your battles. And then, And then one of the guys was like, at least chew red man silver blend. It's sugar. It's, <laughs> it's sugar free, you know? And I'm like, what do you mean? Sugar free. And then I come to find out that like chewing tobacco is like loaded with molasses and sugar and stuff like that. Oh. And I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> and, and then like, so I'm like, but I'm not ingesting it. You know, you're, you're just, you know, salivating, spitting, salivating, spitting, salivating, yeah. spitting. No big deal. It's just a leaf, whatever. Um, but then I'm like, I never even thought about them adding like molasses and sugar to the blend because you don't have to put the ingredients on the thing. Mm. I'm like, I felt betrayed. Like I think mm. it for like a day, I was just depressed <laughs> that you all were my of these friend. times that 
I'm claiming to be like sugar free and not eating sugar and all of this stuff. It has been like, that's been the one thing that like, <laughs> no wonder you felt so good. You're like, whoa. And I'm like, I was like pissed. But you know that the, the way my brain works, my absolute hatred for the refined sugar industry. I haven't done it since. Mm, wow. Cause I'm like, fuck no, mm. that's sugar. Not at all. And I'm, and I'm like, it, it took that. Sure. But like, no. And so I would rather chew tobacco than eat sugar. Wow. <laughs> than put wow. sugar in my mouth. Wow. And no, I haven't looked for the nearest red man silver blend, like locator, right? Dealer locator. But it was just, it, it shocked me that like, as soon as it dawned on me that there was, in fact, sugar in there, like, oh, shit, I ain't never doing that ever again. Mm-hmm. Like, that's how passionate that I enough. am about getting rid of sugar in your diet. Yeah. Um, Dude, that's so funny. You know, and, and anxiety's been fine. I'll, fu- I'll figure out another way. And I did not. My, my first reaction, go get a pack of cigars. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Where, where's get, that, where's get, that pipe Get a pack at? of Jarum Blacks or something like that. Get oh the cloves. Oh my God, uh, dude. I haven't had those in forever. Yeah, they'll, take, they'll take the edge off. Um, and everyone else is like, dude, just get some weed, man. <laughs> I know when it's legal. Okay. When it's legal. Well, they have all that CBD stuff. Yeah. And C- you know, what's funny. My, uh, well, not, <laughs> I can't say that's funny than go into this story, but it's, this is ironic. My pop-up is having horrible, horrible back pain. And he is like too, like, he's almost like bone on bone as far as like his Ugh. spine goes. And so, you know, I've taken him to countless doctor's appointments and he's had countless surgeries and nothing scratching it. And the doctor was like, uh, Mr. Kearns, have you ever considered medical marijuana? And he's like, you know, old fashioned, mid eighties, like, like he's like, you know, like mid eighties age range. And you should have seen his face. He was like, marijuana. Like you could tell that like, you know, marijuana is the devil, like the devil's lettuce, you know, it's like that evil green. Did he do it? Well, and so he had like that look and I'm like, pop up, but like, let me hear him out, hear him out. He's a doctor, hear him out. The doctor's like, your grandson's right, Mr. Kearns. Like it's come a long way since. You know, since, you know, whatever you were young and he was like, okay, all right. And after talking through the options, like m- medical marijuana is by far the best route for him to take at this point. He's probably like, no, <laughs> but, um, what if I did like, well, it's okay. <laughs> no, no, for real. That was kind of it. Like his initial action was like, oh, and then after a while, I was kind of like, well, you know what? I, it's illegal. And the doctor gives it. And so now, like, we're going down, like, the CBD route. So he's trying mm-hmm. different, like, he's trying different CBD oils and, ru- like, uh, you know, like, rubs and lotions and, um, all this stuff. But it's just so funny. And people who have, like, you know, anxiety and stuff, like, I, I do think there's a, a when this comes back to, I guess, to the marijuana drugs. I think there's a healthy way to implement things into our life to make it work to our benefit. Cause, dude, you made such a good point. Like, um, what you said something like, uh, to- chewing tobacco is not good for me, but you were like, but neither is anxiety. Yeah. And it's like, dude, anxiety kills so many people. It sure does. Like heart attack, heart fit, you know, high blood suicide. pressure, suicide, um, weight gain, um, lack of sleep. It makes you do things that you just aren't healthy. Right. At all. Like so- your social anxiety is awful. Like, so you lose that connection. And I, I bet if I went to the doctor, I could tell him like, listen, I struggle with yeah, anxiety and stuff like that. I found these things work, found exercise works, but there's sometimes when that's not available, I need something. Mm-hmm. I could probably get a card. Right. Cause he's gonna be like, well, I can prescribe this. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want pharmaceutical drugs. Mm-hmm. 
I could probably go get a card. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's what they said to my pop-up. They were like, you can do medical marijuana or you can do these crazy, you know, painkillers, but the painkillers will mess with you, your cognitive abilities and, you know, make your head all foggy. Whereas medical marijuana, it's tailored to just fix the, the pain and not necessarily your cognitive ability. So that seems to be the healthiest route. And that conversation wouldn't have been happening 20, 30, 40 years ago. So, um, it's just interesting is all. Mm-hmm. I, I just found that funny. Like, like pop pop's getting high. I know. I'm about to be like, Hey, uh, can I, can, can I come over? Can and, I come over? And, yeah, can I come like over? sit next to you when you smoke that shit? <laughs> uh, I mean, dude, it's, I just, I don't know. But, uh, I'm excited to see that progress that like, I, you know, it is, it, it is a plant, right? It is a medicinal plant right. that definitely deserves. And when you learn about like, why it was even illegal in the first place. Like it just makes you sick. Like there's no reason why it should be like, it bothers me. Maybe we, we can, let's, let's move this into a midweek thoughts. We'll talk about weed for a little bit. We can. Um, dang it. Huh? Yeah, we can. Yeah. We can move it in. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep, we'll keep this shorter, a little bit shorter. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah. Also real quick. Cause this ties into what we always talk about as far as John's and mine progress. Cause I, I want to stay accountable. We still haven't gone business to business yet because of uh schedules. But you know jo- what? Next week. Well, next week I'm we can. Pretty free. Next week we can. Yep. But John held um a meeting for health coaching, and so that's progress. So he actually held a meeting in town and had people come out, and we all talked about health stuff, and it was beneficial for everybody. More of like a group therapy session. It was kind of for hey, here's where I'm struggling. Any of you guys experienced this before? How do I work through these situations? And uh, I really like that style of, of meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're in the Carlisle area and that's something that you're interested in, in doing, um, yeah. meeting with other people who want to be healthier, mm. you know, let us know. Shoot us, shoot us an email, riffandpod at gmail.com. It was fun. We'll have to check that or just reach out on Facebook, Facebook. or something. But, but I just wanted to give the update that that actually happened and it was successful and it was mm. fun. So that's progress in those respective fields. So, all right, we will see you back on Thursday to talk about drugs.